Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? So, let's talk about Alabama and their fuck shit. So, Alabama lawmakers ordered to effectively ban abortion Tuesday, passing the most restrictive anti-choice law in the country, and it directly challenges Roe versus Wade. The bill approved last month. They voted on it this Tuesday. And 25 pale-faced-ass motherfucking white men who don't even have vaginas decided this decision, which put the ban into effect. So understand that with this ban, doctors face up to 99 years in prison for performing abortions. The bill includes no exceptions for survivors of rape or incest. It, its only exception is if it, the, the, the baby um, causes a grave risk to the mother's health or life. Now, but, but it doesn't end. Today, the legislation has been confirmed and approved by the female, white female Republican governor, Kay Ivey. Now, the ban will not go unchallenged. We know that because we have grassroots organizers, particularly black ones, who have been doing this work for decades. But that is actually precisely the point, my babies. Understand that at the heart of this, that this is a motherfucking scheme. This is a scheme. They want us to attack it, which we are going to do because we have to. They want us to attack it because they want to use this legislation to challenge Roe versus Wade. You know why? Because Roe versus Wade recognizes the constitutional right to an abortion that a assigned female at birth person has. Because guess what? It's their motherfucking body. <laughs> but this is strategic. Understand, this is strategic. The reason why they want to scheme and challenge now is because they're in a better Supreme Court position to overturn Roe versus Wade. Because we we voted that stupid... Mm, because mm, I don't want to say we voted them in because 
she did win the popular vote. But how our fucking broken system is uh, is set up, we voted that motherfucking orange monster into the office so he was allowed to appoint fucking Kavanaugh. So they are in a much, much better position if they get this bill challenged and they take it all the way up to the high court. They are in a much better position to overturn Roe versus Wade. So I under I want y'all to speaking of voting. <laughs> speaking of voting, you know, this is you know, white women. Like yo, this is y'all. This is on you motherfuckers. This is on y'all. That 54% that voted this motherfucker in, that constantly for decades, not just him, for decades. It's it's been going on. <laughs> Only time that we we talked about this in the past. Most of the time, white women vote Republican. It's it's not this is not new. The only time, the only time in our in shit years that we've been voting <laughs> that they have come close that they have not voted majority Republican is when fucking Bill Clinton ran for office in ninety two. And the reason why they voted for him was because he was cute, charismatic, and he ran the most particularly racist campaign in the history. Well, mm, there's some history far, far back, but in recent history, the most particularly racist campaign that had been since before, um, you know, since like the civil rights era. His fucking campaign was racist as hell. That's where the whole super predator shit came about. It was racist as fuck. And it, 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 it criminalizes black people. And so the white women was like, oh my God, yes, we like him. He cute. And he wants the niggas in jail. <laughs> yes. Come on, Sue Ellen. Let's go down on to the polls and vote him in. So y'all been fucking voting um, Republican. But that's that's my point. This is y'all fault. Y'all do not vote in y'all interests and y'all need to get it to fucking gather. One of my friends, Zeandrian Morris says, white cisgender heterosexual women have always been the most poisonous to the liberation of all women, arguably to all people. Y'all are accomplices. Y'all are conspirators. Y'all are poison. Y'all are traitors as fuck. Fuck your supposed feminism. And he gives examples. Martha Jefferson suggested to her husband, Thomas Jefferson, to change the word people to men in the phrase, all men are created equal. This completely shifted the national landscape that we have today. Mary Todd Lincoln suggested her husband, Abraham Lincoln, to add the words, accept as punishment for a crime. To the 13th Amendment. Niggas still locked up to this very day disproportionately than any other motherfuckers. I'm not here to argue about a loophole <laughs> because that doesn't matter. Margaret Sanger, who was praised for creating Planned Parenthood, also argued for the compulsory sterilization of and segregation for people with disabilities, mostly non-white women. Brownsville, Brooklyn is still particularly suffering to this day from her fuck shit. Now, Serena from Hansberry Tales <laughs> wrote the book, A Woman's Place, 
the guide to creation of Gilead. And yes, we know that that Hands Made Tale is a TV show. But we know this ain't no motherfucking TV. Alabama governor, Kate Ivey, a white woman, signs the nation's bill. We just talked about that. She signed the nation's most restrictive anti-abortion bill into law. That is a poignant point. Thank you, Zeandrian. We need to stop defending these people. Stop defending them. They need to get their people together. They want to call for stupid shit like pussy bands. Like these niggas don't rape. Like these niggas don't give their comrades probation for raping motherfuckers. Come on. Pussy bands don't work, bitch. Come on. Because they out here taking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. And doing fucking three months. <laughs> fuck. Or they, they taking pussy, drugging and taking pussy and doing fuck and not doing no time until they fucking 80,000 years old. Bitch, what? Pussy bands don't work. And it's not, and don't bring that, um, not all white women, it, it, the, and the ones that are not, <laughs> the Asian and the Latin, white passing Latinas is making up for the ones that's not. Don't think we don't see y'all percentages back there um, real close up. You may not be 54%, but you close to the motherfucking 54, 64 or something. Bitch, I, we see you motherfuckers voting against your interests too. Y'all the main, y'all the main motherfuckers getting attacked in immigration, and y'all voting for fucking Trump. You need to gather your people. So I want to talk about Handsmaid's Tale. Now, if you know, if you don't, if you don't know what we're talking about, Handsmaid's Tale is a TV show. If you do watch it, you'll get this reference. It's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. Watch it. It's good. The premise of the show is what would happen or could happen if the right wing took over the nation and a white woman set it in motion. The character's name is Serena Waterford, pinnacle of white feminism and womanhood. So Serena, who wrote the book, A Woman's Place, which is the foundation of this new nation in America in the show. And so she's in this particularly powerful place between where the men are and where the 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 um where the handmaids are and the other people that are under her. This bitch, when she was trying to put herself equal to them and learn and and um and come to them the right way to be able to protect her future daughters and the future daughters of Gilead, um and put herself at a position where she was asking them, let us be le let us be equal to you and let us read the Bible. That's simply what she was asking. We want to be we want our girls and our boys to grow up learning and reading the Bible because this is what the foundation we need to be able to read his word. And so so in the midst of that process of her being strong and standing up for the other women and the future women, you know what they did? They cut her motherfucking finger off. Because no matter, because we know this, and even though this is a TV show, we know that this is to be true in real life. White women, it does not matter how loyal you are in the actions to put these white men on a pedestal. When the time comes over and over, they will put you back in your motherfucking place, which is under them. And they will remind you that you are under them. And but you are above the rest of us just to pacify you. 
That's just to make you feel comfortable with being under them. Because that's how patriarchy works, sweetie. They're not going to repay your loyalty with equality. They are going to continue to satiate your appetite for power and equality with unequal white privilege. Because that's how patriarchy work. You are a woman. You are second tier and always will be second tier. <laughs> and they will continue to hang your ass up like a scarecrow to scare the rest of us off and away from the privileges that they are throwing you scraps of. Didn't we tell you yesterday and the day before that and the day before that that you can't get down? This is your life, honey. All strung up. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm crazy. That's from the Wiz, if you don't know. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's how patriarchy works, baby. You can't win, girl. You can't win doing the same shit. You can't win no way if your story stays the same. You ain't winning, oh no. You ain't winning, white girl. When you gonna see it, it's not working. We have too much documented history to prove that that's not how patriarchal power works. Now, I know you don't care about history, but you got to understand that when it comes to the future, this is going to bite you in the ass. I know right now you're sitting in the lap of luxury benefiting from being the right hand um under right well right foot since you're under them <laughs> right foot woman on the side of white male privilege and you you're enjoying the scraps that comes along with them being in power i know that feels comfortable but there are people who don't have some of the privileges that you have. And if you want to change the world for a better place for women, you got to look down. You got to center the people who are below you. Because you bitches are not going to win with the white men. Clearly, 25 of them motherfuckers said no in Alabama. You have no agency over your body. Go sit down. <laughs> young lady go cook us a sandwich that's just how it works you're never going to be equal to them we talk about billy bob and checking your uncles and your dad and your grandfather at the thanksgiving table a lot but understand you also gotta check motherfucking sue ellen and kathy at the dinner at the dinner table too and if you don't want to do it in front of billy bob at the dinner table wait till she go into the kitchen Wait till she go in the, into the kitchen and make them bland-ass motherfucking plates. She got time. She ain't seasoning no motherfucking thing. She ain't marinating nothing. She ain't doing shit. But stirring some motherfucking stovetop stuffing, she ain't doing shit. Go in there and talk to her. Go in there and have a conversation with her. Go check her ass. She ain't doing a motherfucking thing. Now, now try to do it before she put them raisins in the potato salad. But she not doing much in there. She not doing nothing. <laughs> She ain't even washing the damn chicken. <laughs> so you got to check the motherfucking aunties and them grandmas. Because, child, that's the only thing that we can do. You got, not we, you, you motherfuckers. We doing our part. We talk about white women. Pull them motherfucking liberal bootstraps, bitch. Pull them up. <laughs> we doing our part. You need to do your part. And I know some people listening say, 
you're a trans woman. What kind of what what you got to do with this? <laughs> trans people got skin in the game. You know why trans people got skin in the game? So on this particular show, y'all they're not here right now, but we got three hosts, two trans women and a trans man. The trans man has the possibility to be impregnated. Anybody assigned female at birth that has those parts has the potential to have a baby. And so with that potential, they can potentially need an abortion. So that's why I care. That's why I have skin in the game. Another thing is I am totally, 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 totally invested in the idea that we as individuals should have agency over our bodies to be able to do what we want to do with our bodies. Got it? Because what I do know is that when they come and attack assigned female at birth people and take away the agency over their body, I know they can turn around and do the same exact thing to me and eventually say changing your body, um, in ways that are not aligned with your assigned gender at birth are wrong and against the law. I know if they can attack y'all ass and say that y'all can't have no abortions, they can come turn right back around and attack my tranny ass. Trust and believe. They are already attacking us. So I want everybody to have agency over their bodies. I do not want the government involved in that because it is a slippery slope and I have skin in the game. So white women, get your shit together. Reproductive justice fight is all of our fight. One last thing, we need to destigmatize abortions that are not done at particular clinics. There are people out here who know how to do abortion safely, and they've been doing it for years. They've been pa passed down the information for years. Our ancestors who didn't want to have them fucking rapists, white mass slave masters, babies was aborting the motherfucking babies. There's midwives and doulas out here that know how to fucking do shit that needs to be done. So don't think it's not going to be done. So we need to destigmatize it um, and fucking let the girls know, share information, share people who legit know how to do shit, legitimize it, make it safe, make it clean, make it sanitary, do what you need to do. I know that there has been movies and things, you know, that made it look like some it's ugly backwoods. Da, 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 da. No, it don't need to be that. This ain't new information. This ain't new te techniques. We know how to do this. There, what was we doing before hospitals and shit? We know. They still doing it. We know how to do the shit. Connect your friends. Connect your people. Organize around it. Show people how to do things. Take them to the right folks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And that's all I got to say. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my 
finger on the pulse of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter anything helps please do i have to play sir mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money (laughs) all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show So, as you all know, I have been traveling. If you have followed me anywhere, I have been traveling. Um, I went to Hawaii last week, and I went to um, New York for um, Tea with Queen and Jay's Pot and Live. Um, In the middle of both of those trips, I went, I was supposed to go to San Francisco to be a part of the Trans Advisory Board for Gilead. Gilead is the company that created PrEP, and they hit me up to be on the Trans Advisory Board, but um, United lost my luggage on my way back from um, Hawaii, so I couldn't make it to San Francisco in time, so there was an opportunity that I wasn't able to be a part of, and it's really, really unfortunate. Um, because I wanted to be a part of the conversation around prep. Um, But before all of this trip, y'all know, because of the last couple of episodes that I went to BTAC, and I still got a couple of interviews that I wanted to roll out for you all. Um, I haven't been home so that me, Z, and Mia can record. Um, And when I was supposed to record with them was in New York, and me in in New York when we were going, but all three of us were supposed to be at Pot and Live, but Mia lost her, did not lost her, nothing. She um um no 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 she missed her flight, so we weren't able to record while we were up there. So I do have some interviews from BTAC that I still want to share with y'all. So this particular one is um about the anchors. We at BTAC we have like different segments of program that we do because it's an educational conference and um therapeutic and educational and we have like the trans women sector we have the non-binary sector we have the trans men sector and we have ally sector and then we have an anchor sector and anchors are people who are like the significant others of trans people who might need a little bit support to build community and um you know if they have any questions they're new to the game or old to the game things that they can add and they just have a community um and programming to support them as well and And so this particular interview is about that. So I hope you enjoy. So, yes, we're going to talk just about um, the experiences and we're going to introduce ourselves. Um, First name, um, where you're from, blah, 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 blah. So my first one is Miss Christina. Hi, Hi, Diamond. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, My name is Christina Taylor. I am originally from Philadelphia. I now live in New York. I am married now. I'm yeah, married, I'm now married now to Javon Martin. Um, he's the reason why I moved to New York. Right exactly. Now. Um, <laughs> I work in. Um, I'm a dialysis tech. I work in the medical field. Been doing that for about eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So let's talk about Javon. Okay. So Javon okay. is like a pillar of our trans community. Yes. He does tons of work in New York. And that's my brother. I love him. And um, when I first came to BTAC, y'all were here. And I, you just was always on his side. You was always a support system for him. So you have when we created the anger track, it was like perfect because you know, yeah, you know what is why, why was that important for you? Um, what to have the anger? Mm-hmm. So when I first came to B Tech, I didn't know what was going on. First of all, let me just back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So how I met my husband? Um, me and Javon had been the same spaces for years i've been th- i'm gonna say i'm gonna know javon for about 20 something years mm. and we were in the same spaces but just cross path we never knew like actually knew each other and then facebook and he and somebody sent me a friend request okay we got like 50 mutual friends like wow that's strange and i've never you know like had verbal conversations or anything so um make a long story short he used to put he works for the city he drives the trains for mca and he used to make these posts about you know roll call and i thought that was so cute and that's how we kind of started talking and when he we found out that you know he know this person and i know i was like oh wow and then one thing led to another and then that's how we you know started and we started dating and we started you know so the funny thing is I was being newsy. I'm like, you know, let me find out more. Let me go through his Facebook page and all that. Because, you know, I don't know if he's a stalker. I don't know what's going on. Right. And I kept seeing this black trans. And I'm like, black trans man. So, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's a gay man. Because, you know, I'm I'm America's number one fag hag. I got it written in. Yeah. Yeah. And I attract a lot of homosexual guys. Mm -hmm. And they always want to be my friends. So, I'm like, oh, well, you know, oh, well. And then I kept seeing this black trans man. And at the time, I wasn't aware of, like, trans men and trans women. Because in Philly, we would say femme queens. Oh, and, okay. Um, uh, uh, butches. Uh-huh. We didn't know the it language. It was a different it was language, a different yeah. language. So I'm like, okay. And then I said, wait a minute, trans man. I do know that much. And I'm like, is he And I'm like, no. So mm-hmm. one day I said, listen, I, I don't mean no disrespect. Well, are you trans? And he says, yeah, I thought you knew that. Now, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Like, <laughs> dude, are you serious? And it was just, like, intriguing. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to know more. Mm-hmm. And then as we started dating, I needed to find out if there's somebody else that's going through certain things, like, that I was going through. Like, right. when he takes his tea, he's very mean and nasty. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't oh. expect. You know what I mean? And it's like. I can't go to my other girlfriend because they don't understand because they don't they, they you, you understand what I'm saying? Had you ever been in a relationship with somebody who was, um, you know, like GNC, gender nonconforming or like trans or anything? You have nope. always been with cis men? It was I, your first experience? Was, the, was there an adjustment cis to that? Men and I dated a, a woman. Right. Um, oh, okay. So, but, that, but other than that, no. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. So, so, this, so this was a brand new territory. Brand new. And then he brought me, he was like, you got to come to this place I go every year, B-Tech, and I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, you know, you wearing me out already. I don't want to get wore out more. And when my first year, I was very, very, like, quiet. You were. Yeah, and I was like, I really don't. It showed on my face, and I know it did. But <laughs> that's when I met Espy. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, and I'm like, she gets what I'm going through. Because she's been through it. Yes, and that's when we started talking. Like, you know, we need to have something just for the spouses. Right. Of trans men trans women gender non-conforming because 
they don't get what we go through, but you get what I go through. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's how it was started. And I've been coming here ever since. Exactly. Y'all. So we actually have another person as well. So I definitely wanted to have somebody that represented um, a spouse of the trans feminine side of, um, of the coin. Because we know that there are two total worlds of difference of acceptability and just all the things that we have to go through in regards to that. So um, can you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Anthony. Uh, I was born in Missouri, raised in Milwaukee. and uh, Midwest? Yeah. Uh, I met my wife on October 3rd, 2010 at a nightclub. And uh, it's been only popping ever since. <laughs> So, had you dated trans women before that? Um, nah, like mm-hmm. feminine, feminine guys, mm-hmm. but never, nah, uh-uh. Gotcha. Uh, so, what are some of the challenges that you particularly see in regards to, um, like, the world? Because y'all, if y'all been together since 2010, um, I'm sure y'all have come across some problems and things, concerns, and that y'all had to work through. What are some of the challenges? Man, <laughs> wow! Check that one out. Deep, uh, everything, shit, for real. Uh, everything straight people go through, shit. Mm-hmm. Everything, for real. Infidelities, uh, um, man, it's, it's deep. But uh, I love it though, for real. <laughs> straight out. Oh. <laughs> so when did you present him to come to um BTAC? Mm-hmm. So when she um brought the idea to come here, what was your initial thoughts about coming to a conference about um, trans folks? Well, initially I didn't even want her to come, you know what I'm saying? Cause we ain't never had no trip where we was uh we didn't go together, so you know, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I ain't feeling none of that. <laughs> Why? I know she wasn't feeling it either, though. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't feeling me staying back home either, though. So, oh. and I Why? Wasn't what feeling, was the concern? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my wife over the top. For real, she look good. You know what I'm saying? If I'm shooting at her, I know somebody else shooting at her. So, you know. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So, y'all decided to come together just to support each other and that. So, what have you... Um, well, I I know when we um when we were doing the tracks, I brought you into the anchors because we have closed session where it's just trans women and trans men, and then we have one for anchors and one for gender nonconforming. And so he had came in the session with us with the girls, and I was like, okay, you can't be in here, so we're gonna take you to the anchors. How did you experience that that support group? Oh man, it's over the top for Rizzo. <laughs> oh, it's whoa, mind blowing. I can't even explain. It. I mean, like, what did you learn? Man, it's deep. I learned so many things, like shockers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> y'all it's, really, y'all took him to, y'all took him there, Christina. Yeah, yeah. we did. He, For real. he was very like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he now he knows somebody else is going through what yeah. he may go through, and we understand. Mm-hmm. We understand. Gotcha. Um. In my mind, there was a couple of things that I um I wanted to talk about Christina that I had, you know, that I kind of just heard. Um, 
I'm going to read some experts, excerpts, okay. mm -hmm. and I want you to tell me what y'all think about them. So this is a trans um, a spouse, and this was her concerns. Um, her name is Kendra. She says, what does an almost 40-year-old out and proud lesbian do when her partner comes out as a transgender male? I don't really know. I can only tell you that what this lesbian chose to do was to stay. I chose to stay because when I really got honest, um, Simon had always been a boy. And even though I didn't accept, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't know it at the time. I kind of always, I kind of always knew that that's what was going on. And we just didn't have the experiences that, um, that, I chose him. We, we just hadn't got to the point where he was ready to tell me that he was a boy and was going to transition. So I just chose to stay to honor our family and togetherness. But I did have an issue with now this is trying to change my identity and I didn't know how to reconcile that. What do you think about that? Okay, so this is one of the reasons. This is basically the, one of the main reasons why I don't use labels to identify who you are. Because number one, if you love a person, if just because they feel as though they need to transition, they're still the same person, but they, they're going they're going to change, but they're, they're still the same person that you fell in love with. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Now, my husband has a different view about that. Mm -hmm. um, when someone is transitioning, he feels that they shouldn't be in a relationship because once they finish, they don't know how they are still going to feel. But, I mean... It's kind of hard for me to answer that in in a way because when I met Javon, he was all he already you are transitioned. transitioned. You know what Did I mean? Did you have any um and right and you had already been dating since men, so it didn't yeah. put your um identity, how you feel about your exactly. identity exactly. in question. What about you? Um. Well, I really don't think it's a, it shouldn't be an issue because you know love is love. You know what I'm saying? If it's real, it's real. You know. You don't go through a storm. It's a storm, you know? Right. You just got to get through it. If it's meant to be, it's going to be, for real. Did you ever question some of the labels that you had on yourself? Um, Yeah, I used to. How did you work through that? Um, just trials and tribulations, really, though. Really. Mm -hmm. Just going through it and coming to terms with it with myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just woke up, really. You know what I mean? You can't please nobody, so right. why even try? Mm. Just Are you live, talking like, like family and shit? Yeah, everything. Family, friends. You're going to lose a whole bunch of people. That means they wasn't real with you no way. So. Right. Hello. Exactly. Hello. That's a, that's true talk. I feel like, um, I don't know, I, th I can definitely see how if I've been this, like, because I've seen a lot of, like, gay men who were in relationships with gay men and then one of the gay men transitioned and they're like this changes our dynamic now you being a woman and i'm used to being with men and then if it's a lesbian we both was lesbians and i've been i don't came out to my family and then now you transition to be a man and now i gotta go back and tell my people and explain to my people no i'm still a lesbian <laughs> this is just a this is just a special situation but then if i say that you gonna feel like I'm invalidating your identity because I'm saying I'm still a lesbian exactly, exactly. and you a man. <laughs> and so I can see how there can be some tension in regards to labels, but that's it goes back to exactly what you said, how it doesn't really work anyway. Yeah, I mean, 
like Anthony said, you know, if you love somebody, you're going to love them regardless. Exactly. And you could be fucking blue. And that person could be yellow. Y'all still going to go through issues. Mm-hmm. You still, there's still going to be doubts. There's still going to be fights. There's still going to be love, makeup, sex, all that. So I feel, I just feel like, and it's just my personal opinion. You know, everybody doesn't agree with me, but it's comfortable for me. That way I won't be misgendering nobody, number one. I look at people as human beings. I respect you because of how you identify. But for me, it it works better for me. So I won't make nobody uncomfortable. And I won't have nobody looking at me side eye like, did this bitch just say that? You know, you know? Because <laughs> right. I find a lot of people, and I still don't understand, I, f- I find a lot of people just can't get pronouns right. And I'm like, why? You see what's in front of you. Right. Why can't you get it right? And that's, for me, it just makes me think that you're being malicious. Yeah, because that's they're just it, refusing. refusing. Yeah, because if you like, didn't know, exactly. you would just do it. This is what but I'm But because saying. you, yeah. you know, because you do know, and you just think like I'm, I don't really know what the how yeah. their mindset is. But you're doing it on purpose. Purpose, and I just feel like that's my way of being safe. For me and for the person. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you can walk in here with a full beard and say, my name is Sheila. How you doing, Sheila? Right. What's going on? You know, your pronouns, she, she, her. <laughs> hey, girl, what's going on? You understand what I'm right. saying? Your beard is down to your belly. That's mm-hmm. fine. How did you get there, though? Like, I know, did you, know, you, did you, it had to be a process. How did you get there? It's how my mother raised me. Your mom. My mom Come on, always. Mom. Come on, black mamas. Yes. Ow. My mother always <laughs> raised me. Number one, you got to respect people in order for you to get it because mm-hmm. if you don't respect nobody nobody you they're not going to respect you mm-hmm. and it's just the way she raised me just to love people mm-hmm. and she always taught me that what's your mama name my mom's name's debbie come on debbie mm-hmm. and she always you know you should tell me that everybody is different you might not agree with the way a person looks the way they live but you have to respect it. And I've always, she's always twisted to me and my brother. Like, my, my, my brother. My brother, she's a piece of trade or whatever. But my <laughs> friends, my, my gay friends come over, and they be like, hey, Chuck, I mean, how you doing? He don't be like, oh, get away from me, you fat. He don't do that. Because right. that's just how he was raised. Good. Yeah. Um, so, Christina, let me ask you something. If you, if an anchor was listening to this, what, give me three things that they need to hold on to to get through a hard patch with their trans partner so number one is a bottle of wine no. <laughs> <laughs> wow um you have to number one you have to have an open mind and open heart right that's especially an open mind um number two try to find support you mm-hmm. have to find community community and be able to communicate with the don't be afraid to open up to somebody else that's because you just never know they might be going through the same thing you are right and the third one is to communicate with your partner don't be afraid to tell them how you feel because they ain't gonna be afraid to tell you how they feel Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like you know i don't think i can do this voice that because at the end of the day, you can't control how anybody feels about how you feel. Your feelings are valid. Right. And not saying that there's they they're, they're, they aren't, but you have to voice how you feel, your frustrations, your concerns, your fears. You know, 
I just had a, you know, my fear is, you know, my husband is, the community is going to break him. That's my mm. fear. And I didn't, I never told him that until I got here and it was told to me to voice that. Right. And I had to let him know, like, babe, I'm scared when you're going out to these little community summons and community events. I'm scared that somebody's going to attack you, something's going to happen. Because, again, the community, especially where we are, mm-hmm. is that crabs in a barrel thing. And nobody, everybody mm. wants to be on our top and shine. Everybody wants to say, oh, I did this for you and I did that. Nobody wants to say, you know what, give me a hand. Let me help you. Right. Let me fix your crown, queen. Operating me, from a place of exactly. scarcity. Exactly. And so you just have to communicate. Right. Okay. So I know you got stuff to do, so I'm yeah. going to let you ride out. Okay. Thank you, Diamond, for <laughs> Thank having you, me. Thank you, <laughs> So uh, if I gave you the same question, what would be three things that a person in your position, that a person in your position would, um, that you would tell a guy in your exact situation to get him through to make it better? Three things. Three things. Number one, spirituality, man. You got to have some type of spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's what got me through, you know what I'm saying? And then um, you got to be a, a open line of communication. Mm-hmm between you and your significant other always. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, you got to be able to listen too though now. Why is that important? Oh, listening? Shit. You can uh, see what you're doing wrong. Shit. I mean, try to correct some things. You know? If it's meant to be. You know, that's what I strive to do. For real. All right. Well, thank y'all for being here and joining us. I told you I was going to be quick. (laughs) And y'all can go get ready for the ball. Thank (laughs) y'all. Why I wanted you to bring, why I wanted to bring you in this conversation about anchors um, is because you're going through a situation where you're in community with an ex, right? No, we're still married. Still married. Well, yeah. not ex, yeah. So you're going through a situation where it's um the way the way I well, you can explain your situation. So this is a this is another person that I'm adding to the conversation and I want them to introduce themselves. I am Sophia and I am originally from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I now live in Oklahoma. Um I have been married uh, as of last month, 34 years. I began transitioning uh, in 2013. Um, Actually, the way that happened was a bit peculiar because I actually, my wife was out of town and I thought I would um, seek out a site. I thought I would seek out a hypnotherapist um, because I was um, seeing a lot of porn and um, going out and buying a lot of clothes and things like that. And so I w- there were certain things I wanted to get rid of, the, the porn mainly. I wasn't ready to um, or be even believe that I could be extricated from being or wanting to be a woman. So anyway, um, she came back early, and I told her that I had an appointment with um, this hypnotherapist. Oh, actually, I didn't tell her that. I just said I had an appointment to go to. 
Uh, and she insisted on wanting to know what that was. And so I finally told her, and then she said she wanted to come, which was wound up being, I guess, a, um, a bittersweet type of thing. Mm. Um, <coughs> nevertheless. So uh, your your intention of going to the the therapist was for to kind of fix yourself? Um, to yeah. stop the wanting to be a woman? Well, see, that's that's just it, because I even told the hypnotherapist that I didn't want to stop that. Um, oh, okay. I, I, don't know, I don't know if it was just uh, the compelling of it, the drive. Right. Um, what I did want to do is stop the, the porn or going out and seeking to have uh, the gratification fulfilled. Uh, that I wanted to stop, because I wanted to honor the marriage, at, at the same time, I didn't know. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place because how you're going to want to be a woman in a relationship with a woman who, uh, for all intents and purposes, doesn't want that. Right. You know, we never had talked about that, but you know, just from our relationship over the years, uh, that, that was the indication. Uh, anyway, we uh, we wound up going to the therapist together. She heard some things she hadn't heard before, uh, and you know, we had a little bit of an argument. Um, later, we kind of made up and talked about you know just being really really good friends which ironically we are, we are that right now but mm -hmm. it took some going through the fire before we got here um, and she thought I said something that she misunderstood and maybe that was her way of wanting to extricate herself from the marriage but uh, she, because if what she thought she heard she said okay we're, we're done and that was in February 2013 and we haven't been together since uh, as, as a husband and wife right um, still legally married but not still legally married uh, <coughs> she lives in one state I live in another state gotcha mm -hmm. um how difficult was that conversation like after because what what happened when you go home from a therapist and those mm -hmm. things come out mm -hmm. how do you go back to you don't go back to a normal life no but how difficult was that time right after that um well right right after that was the storm of course because as I said you know, we sat in the room together while the therapist asked me some questions so and that was somewhat benign um, but then when we got ready to go into the um, uh, the hypnotherapist uh, session uh, the therapist asked her to leave but she could hear everything according to what she told me mm. and that's what pissed her off uh, because she said she heard things that she, you know, hadn't heard before, didn't know that kind of thing. Um, like, do you feel like sharing like what specific things? Um, to to be honest, I don't think she ever said um, what it was because there were actual signs throughout the marriage. Uh, for instance, I had um, I don't want to go too deep in the, mm -hmm. the the event, but let's just say that an event took place. And it got back to her, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's when I confessed to her that I uh, like wearing women's underwear, and and it kind of went from there. But I think she was in a bit of a, a denial because that was maybe twenty years into our marriage, and so um, there were just little subtle things that were going on, the way we made love or the way I made love, and and doing it in a way that you would expect a woman. Um, to do 
Mm-hmm. Okay. With her? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, and just the the the, uh, the femininity of it. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Um, so there were signs, but she was in, in denial the whole time. I, I not, we haven't really talked about whether or not she really knew or came around to act, you know saying, well, "Okay, you know what? I did know, and I just didn't want to receive it. Didn't want to believe it." Um, but nevertheless, at that particular time is when we, um, when she said it was over, it was very bumpy. Um, you know, went through some harsh arguments or mm-hmm. bitter conversations. Um, and that's when she left and went her way, and I stayed in, uh, in the state that I was in. Um, and then later, of course, um, we weren't talking. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that went on for maybe a couple of years or so because we have family, children involved. We, I mean, we would talk about those kinds of things, but it was no conversation even as friends. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I came to the point of saying, okay, so if that's the way it is, then you know, I'll never make sure that I, I'll make sure that I'll never go to her house to visit my children or anything. And they're grown, so I don't have to do that. We can always meet somewhere else. Right. But it came to a point where we were on the phone and she was, I, it was her way of letting me know that she wanted to see me by saying, so why are you not coming down? I said, well, because I, even my own child was like, well, don't come down. I don't know if mama wants you in, you know, here or anything like that. So right. um, I, I said that to her. She said, well, no, 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 you, no, you can come. So that was kind of like the door opening, the cracking of the door opening and, and accepting me to a degree. Uh, and Let and, me ask mm-hmm. this. What would have been, in that situation, going back, what would have been her your ideal response from her what if if it went the way without the way you would have wanted to go Mm -hmm. how would that what would that look like Uh, so this is me responding to me responding as if i were her responding Mm -hmm. right what would what would her response be be saying well honey it's all about what's on the inside of you your heart and i know your heart uh, anything can happen in life where your ch- your outside will change, but it will never change my love for you, and therefore we're going to stay together. And you would have wanted to stay with her because you loved I her. I would have. Right. Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. Interesting. So once, because I always wonder situations where you are, you have you have this foundation of somebody that you have been with for so long. Y'all have learned each other's quirks. Y'all know what each other, what food each other likes. Um, y'all know every any kind of little idiosyncrasies that you all have. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing this for y'all had children to de- together. Mm-hmm. The 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 shared experience of creating a child and raising them, and all these intimate things that that comes along with a marriage. And then something like this comes along and that is totally outside of um, the dream of whatever y'all, when y'all decided to get married, this is totally outside of the dream of what it could have been or what mm-hmm. um, you guys initially wanted to wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, when something like this comes and rocks it, um, I always wonder, because initially when I first start hearing stories like this, I would be like, well, what did you expect? You know she was going to leave your ass. You know, like I would think. But then I'm like, from 
that's still looking at it from her perspective. Like this is a almost like this is a betrayal. This is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. But then I'm thinking about a person who really still loved this person because I've been with you for 20, 30, 40 years. Da 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 da. I wish you just would go through this with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be because I've been trans my whole life for real and mm-hmm. I'm just now and I'm sorry that I tried to live up to this expectation I tried to live up to this whatever the society's expectations was and now I'm coming to grips with it years after I've gotten you invested in this person that I um I don't want to say this person that I was and and now I'm trying to change it into something else mm-hmm. and but I still love you and I can see how complicated that could be and when I was younger and not mature and hadn't been in love in the ways that I have now as a grown woman, mm-hmm. I didn't um, I didn't really understand it. But I can see how a person could expect, I really just want you to love me for me through this. And I wouldn't say that I expected it because the way that it went down, it was actually in the heat of an argument anyway when basically I said, okay, fine, if that's the way it's going to be, then and we're going to get a divorce, well, you know, I'm going to do now what I want to do that will make me happy. Right. Um, and, and so I just said, okay, I'm going to transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's, it may even sound uh, odd at that moment to say I wanted to transition. Before, I'd never felt like it was um, an option because I was married and I wasn't looking to and you hope that the marriage would continue so yes yes i mean you thought it would be something that you could just what would it what would it be like what if 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 she accepted it what and you wasn't going to transition what what would it have been just you openly now enjoying dressing up or what would have been in in an ideal world what would it have been if she had accepted, accepted it, it and I decided n- not to transition. If you, I thought you said it, you didn't think it was an option. Right, right. I, um, it didn't enter, I didn't contemplate this idea. I mean, other than fantasizing about being a woman, about mm. um, uh, being able to do these things or when we're having or making love and, and going through the fantasy of gotcha. feeling, believing and thinking, um, I'm a woman having or making love to another woman. You were still just yeah. working it out. Yeah. And then once she said, oh, no, I can't deal with this, she was like, well, shit, I might as well change this now. Now that I ain't, <laughs> I don't right. got no obligations. Right. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So how has y'all growth process been? Now, you just talked about now there was a crack in the door. You were mm-hmm. going to stay away because you didn't think she um, – wanted you to be around, especially now that you've transitioned and, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But once she kind of gave you the crack in the door, how did that growth process start from where you are then, from the crack to Mm -hmm. now? (laughs) Well, so then was the crack, you know, just coming by, visiting. um, um, I had other family or rather children who were living in in another apartment or another Residence, so right. I was able to stay there, and I would come by and and visit the the grandchildren or something like that, to where we are today. Where you know I come down, I I, I stay for a weekend if I'm coming down to do something medical, um, mm-hmm. or like for this particular event that we just uh, had, um, 
and staying at the house for the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so where are y'all, y'all relationship now? Very good friends, I would say. Just very good friends. Working together to continue um, helping our children to mm-hmm. grow. So how about your, how did how did the transition impact your children? Like what did what conversation did y'all have? Um, it, well, it was interesting. Um, none of them obviously accepted it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, at least two of them just you know, boo hoo hoo. You couldn't believe it, kind of a thing. Did you feel guilty? Was there a level of guilt? With me? Mm-hmm. Uh, not actually, because my mind, uh, where I was thinking was that um, the youngest child was at least 23. Mm-hmm. And so y'all grown, yeah. Right, right. Let me get my know, life. And, and, and that was my thinking, that I, I think I did a lot. Now, you know, standing before the Creator, I might find out that I didn't do enough. Um, but where I stand right now, I think I did what I could to help them to become uh, responsible citizens. Right, because you was a good dad. Right. Be, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I expected them to have an adverse reaction mm-hmm. to me. And so they did, and it took them a while to, uh, to get over it. Um, and, and for the most part that they have. Right. I mean, it's, when I say for the most part, they still don't want uh, maybe their closest friends, uh, you know, to know mm-hmm. about their dad being a woman kind of a thing. So, gotcha. And I could look at that as, well, look, if you can accept me to in total, that is, let your friends and let your relatives know what's going on, then I'm not going to be in the picture. But for me, it's more important to be close to my family, so I'm willing to let them have that space of not wanting their friends to know about me or their relatives to know about me. I think I would be like that too, like because I feel like that's kind of that kind of pushy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when it comes to respecting me, I'm I'm pushy, but mm-hmm. when it comes to how you navigate your friends mm-hmm. and me, mm-hmm. I give people a lot of room and a lot of leeway to that. Right, right. But that's kind of like I, when I deal with people's children, mm-hmm. like I don't get mad when people tell their children my tea. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get mad. Um, Now, misgender me, mm-hmm. I will be, I, yeah, don't tell your children to misgender me because then mm-hmm. I have problem because then it's a direct disrespect to me. Mm-hmm. But if you want to tell them that I'm a trans woman mm-hmm. or how you want to engage your children in regards to telling them, I don't really police that because I think those are your children, those are your people. You know, I feel like you should have the room and liberty to do right. what you want and tell what you want long as it's not disrespecting me then right. i'm kind of so i kind of would right. be like that too but but one could say that if your spouse doesn't want her relatives to know mm-hmm. or your children don't want their friends to know that they could one could say well that's disrespectful to me but and, and um in the grand scheme of things that may be true but for me that's not as important as your relationship in the family yes right. yeah i think I think I'm like that too. I think um, um, I think in my younger years I gave a lot of um, you know a lot of leeway to people. Just I didn't I, I didn't find it disrespectful mm-hmm. when my brother didn't want people to know my tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't find it disrespectful, and I and part of it is because I'm a girl who values 
the ability to pass, the mm-hmm. ability to navigate the world and people not know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like telling everybody mm-hmm. um, and people in my day to day life. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, not running around with trans power shirts on in a, the cis heteronormative world. Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's mm-hmm. not really my style. Mm-hmm. So it almost aligns with how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm growing out of that because it's starting to feel. Not totally contradictory, but mm-hmm. a little bit because I'm an activist mm-hmm. and I want to be proud. So I'm still navigating that kind right. of journey. So right. I totally get what you're saying. Okay. Let me ask a question. In the younger generation, do you mind saying how old you are? I am 60. I'll be 61 in August. So there's a qu- quite a gap between us. Mm-hmm. In in the younger generation, when we talk about like Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. and Caitlyn Jenner coming out in her older age and being rich, mm-hmm. <laughs> being white, mm-hmm. her situation, there's almost nothing other than taking on the trans label mm-hmm. that... I relate to Caitlyn Jenner in any kind of way. Right. So her coming out had no sentimental value to me. Mm-hmm. But for somebody like you, who there is kind of some similarities there, minus mm-hmm. the whiteness and the richness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is some similarities there where I have to ask, did you feel some kind of connection and relatability in any part of Caitlin's story? Um, I think the only thing, that, the only similarity or connection was uh, the age. And, and when I say that, I mean, she came out to everyone at the age or decided to go ahead and make this full transition around the age of 65. So she, she's older than me. Right. And I had seen her a few times on camera uh, before she said anything and said, hmm. Um, first of all, I was thinking, well, for some reason, white men, when they get older, they look like old you know, white grandmothers or something. So I thought that was <laughs> what was going on. Um, but I had already made my transition or had already begun my transition when he finally came or she came out and said, yes, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And so th- there wasn't that much of a, of a connection except that yeah, well, she's finally decided to do it at the age that she's doing it, and that's kind of similar to, to me, uh, though I don't think that she was going through any, and I don't really know about the issue between her and... Um, yeah, she had some family issues. Yeah. Issues, because, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> you know, Chris wasn't with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then there was some tension mm-hmm. with the girls as mm-hmm. well. Yes. So that's why I was like, I would feel... As a black woman, mm-hmm. I I haven't met anybody that I felt like reflected a similar story. But mm-hmm. I feel like listening to you, that part of it where mm-hmm. you had built a family with a woman mm-hmm. and you're older coming out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt like I could see how there could be some relatability there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how long uh, the two of them had been married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's why I didn't really connect with that but yeah I can see the similarity there I can see the connection between not only 
Chris and, and, and Caitlin, but of course having the children right. and actually having children that were already part of the, uh, well, kind of the shake and bake family mm-hmm. uh, because Chris is um, a former husband who had died, I think. Um, can't think of his name, the one that helped protect or defend OJ. Yeah, um, Kardashian. Kardashian, yeah. Um, so so there, there's a similarity because I, I fall into that situation too where we both had uh, children from other relationships. Uh, when we first, uh, first got together okay. before we had children within the marriage. Mm. So, so yeah, I, I can see that that's a connection, but I didn't, I didn't connect with that in the, in the same way. In other words, I didn't feel like I, I gained any strength from her coming out. And, and maybe it's because of the demographics, maybe because of the economics. Right. Uh, I, I just didn't get that kind of a connection from it. Who are some people that you did gain strength from? Wow. Um, to be honest, no one. I mean, in fact, I was rather surprised to hear that the um, that Veronica Cox uh, acting name, or at least the uh, the character name of Orange Is the New Black, is my name, Sophia. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I had several. Oh, people Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but I had several people come and ask me, so why did you choose Sophia? And this is before I even knew anything about Orange is the New Black. And when right. I saw that, and then, if as a matter of fact, there was more connection with the character of how she got involved. And, I, and I'm not talking about the fraud and the, the forgery and all that, but how she would put on the underwears and everything underneath her fire clothes. I have never was a fire a fireman or a firewoman or anything like that, but just those particular kind of things in terms of trying to um, uh, cr- um, feed that craving to want to be and to you know uh, um, have that ability to get out there in the world and, and, and feel like you're feminine, feel like you're a woman mm-hmm. and everything. And so when they went back and showed his, the history of how she wound up in prison and everything, there were some real similarities, similarities to the character. The character actually had a twin brother uh, um, and I um, I think that's a, a true uh, yeah, yeah that's the, the brother love. played the part of yes I had a twin brother mm. so that was kind of that the character yeah, the is character, the, the something character. that you yes. found yes okay that makes sense and I always I always wonder like as you know when you tr- at this at this time in 2000 and what was the year that you transitioned 13 2013 there were a lot of to me in my mind i felt like there was a lot of examples Mm -hmm. um in 2013 there you know with the resources of the internet and um it was just it just was this renaissance that was happening Mm -hmm. and i always wondered like um how empowering that was to girls who were just transitioning yeah yeah it's 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 odd because what I didn't want to do is to continue uh, doing all these things in secret. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a saying that what is done in the darkness will come out to light. And I just right. what I what was I I would say not triggering but um, influencing me to go ahead and make that decision was people through the years getting caught. And being brought out into public doing whatever they were doing. Right. Uh, it know, may not be necessarily what you were doing, right, but the, right. the fact and that people were getting right. caught and, doing and things. W- exactly. And what I didn't want to do is to have that to happen. Gotcha. And I just felt like, you know what, if, if, I, if I cannot squelch this, if I cannot squash it, uh, then I need to learn to live with it and not hide. 
Um, so that's why I decided to, you know, bring it out in the open. Gotcha. So what kind of support um, would you need or do you need now? Because you're still 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So that's like six years. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're still a little girl in trans years. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. And, and having fun. <laughs> As it should be. Um, what, so what kind of support are you needing now? As a, a mature woman, mm-hmm. just now navigating this life, what is the type of support that you need now? Well, I'm, so I'm a, I'm a therapist. And I'm also, um, well, I was part of a transgender team and helping people to transition um, uh, properly. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I need that kind of support, mm-hmm. but I do know that coming to Dallas and coming to this event for the past few days is the support that I need to be Mm -hmm. able to have that opportunity to be around other people of like precious likeness. Okay. Okay. The community part. The community part. Yes. yes. (laughs) Because community is important. We know um, you being a therapist, you know a lot of the uh, one of the key variables of people surviving mm-hmm. trauma and mm-hmm. um, just getting through anything is the community that they have. That yes. can be something that really is important. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that BTEC strives to do. We try to strive every year to at least create one week out of the year, mm-hmm. <laughs> out of the 52, mm-hmm. <laughs> to um, create a space that where you can come, Lay all your shit on your t- shit on the table, and your people can talk about it and discuss it and work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight years strong now. You coming back next year? I intend to. Good. I intend to be here. <laughs> Hopefully, good, good, to good. not just take uh, in everything that's going on, but maybe even to partake in helping others. Okay. Well, you can always um, do a workshop. You're a therapist, we need you. That too. (laughs) I can do that too. But I'm also thinking about, you know, being available um, in another state. So it's not, I don't want to say have the ability to treat anyone because I'm not licensed in this state. However, solution focus has not been considered an an evidence-based model. That I can use, that I do like. People come, I'm only going to see them for a day or two or whatever. I can give them or help them to see solutions for themselves and they can move on to uh, dealing with those issues that they bring before me. And so I'd like to be able to kind of do maybe something like that as well okay. or as uh, along with maybe doing a workshop. As it should be. Okay. Well, thank you for taking the time thank to you. Thank you for having be me. on the show. And yes. um, I hope you come back next year. I hope to see you. I do want to come. This is my fix. <laughs> this is my fix. All righty. So um, thank you all for listening. And I think we have a show, y'all. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
You gonna say bye, man? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright.